You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft with your host, Daniel Garrett and Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, I'm ex- again excited to get into some Big Ten corners, some uh, conference of wouldn't you wouldn't really expect good corners aside from Ohio State to you know get really good corners out of here, but we'll see what we got so far. Yeah, and today we have Cameron Taylor Britt from Nebraska, Taiwan Mullen from Indiana. Greek Castro Fields from Penn State and Seven Banks from Ohio State. And all these guys are on the same size. Tywin Mullen, the smallest, but the rest of them are right around that six foot, 200 pounds range. And so you, you do get a lot of different types of corners, though, despite very similar sizes. So well, let's start out with Cameron Taylor Britt from Nebraska, where it's number five for the Corn Huskers. Six foot, 197, plays mainly as that boundary corner for them. So what did you like best about Cameron Taylor Britt? Yeah, so this was a guy that I had heard some good things about just kind of from various people on draft Twitter. And the thing that I find was interesting is that, so he was originally a quarterback in high school, then switched to defensive back in Nebraska as a freshman. And he's played at corner and safety. And like you said, he plays mostly boundary, but they move him around a good bit. He'll play in this slot. He even plays some free safety. Um, so I'm very interested in him. Um, I think he's so he's a pretty good athlete in space, which makes sense. You know, he's switching positions. Um, I would say my favorite thing about him is that he, unlike some of the, a lot of the corners we've watched recently, he is very willing to come up and hit against the run and hit players in the open field. Like the, I, I think he's probably a better tackle than Josh Joe, but he brings that same intensity as a run defender and as a tackle in open space, which I really like. You know, it's nice to get that. Um, He's, I think he's a pretty good press corner. Like you said, he plays the boundaries, so that's pretty necessary. And it's it's a little hard to get a good sense of his coverage abilities. He's not really tested a lot. He's mostly just kind of covering vertical routes out there. So, you know, he stays in phase pretty well. I'm not a huge fan of his ball skills. Um, I think that's that's my improvement for him, if he can get a little better at that, especially when running kind of away from the ball. And for me, my worst trait was his back, his back pedal is pretty stiff and his transitions suffer because of that. Like So he plays very high up in his back pedal which is kind of frustrating oh oh mitch this is gonna be rough uh yeah so my best trait was his willingness as a tackler and how good his angles were i also had for his best trait the real best trait just an elite aesthetic um white cleats Mm, double team colored arm sleeves there we go has the back plate and the hyphenated last name that that that's an elite aesthetic right there. So five's a five's a great corner number yes, at, very in, much. in college too. So that's that's helpful. And and has the build too, and a nice thick frame mm-hmm. to go along yeah. with that. Just oh, elite aesthetic for a corner right there. Um, I my worst trait for him was uh, 
he he is stiff in his transitions. Mm-hmm. That hip fluidity for him isn't great. And then he's like the he's like the high like he's the way he stands in his back pedal is probably some of the highest like I've ever seen a guy play. Like he is very close to standing straight up when he's backpedaling. It's very unconventional. It doesn't particularly work super well. <laughs> yeah, and I, my improvement skill is also ball skills. Hell so yeah, there we go. Three for three for word here. <laughs> But I actually, when I was watching him, I didn't, I didn't see a ton of reps at safety. But I actually had down in my notes that I would not mind seeing him transition to safety. I have that too. Yeah, I I do think that because of his run support and he is solid in zone coverage. I think, I think when you get him as a safety, and especially when you can play him even more in the box as well. I think it's going to be very beneficial. And I, and so we're transitioning here to where he's drafted. And when you look at a player that you want to switch his positions, it's always tough to go super early on that. So for me, I definitely think he's a mid day three guy. Mm -hmm. And I it's just tough when you want to switch a guy's position to take him any higher than that. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I like that he can play a lot of positions and I, I had that down to, I'm wondering if you could make him into kind of a slot safety, you know, have him cover some tight ends in the slot. And like you said, like play in the box, you know, move him around a bit. Uh, Cause then against tight ends, you know, they're typically not as athletic. So th- that stiffness isn't going to be as big of a problem. And I think that that might help him. Like he in, in this versatility, he's not, as versatile as this guy but he kind of as a Steelers fan gives me Cam Sutton vibes like can play outside play inside play some safety so because of that I I like him as like a early day three guy like middle of round four because I think you're not you're not drafting him to be a starter obviously you're drafting him ideally as maybe your third or fourth probably your fourth corner uh and with that in mind you can kind of slow play and be like okay like we're gonna test you out in camp you know we're gonna see where you fit best and then basically you know during training camp and mini camp and OTAs and all that you're like okay like we're gonna figure out where you can play best you know move them around a bit in the preseason see where he succeeds and then by the time you get to the regular season you're like okay like we can play on special teams and we can have a pretty defined role for you on this defense so because of that versatility and like you said he's former quarterback so he's clearly a very smart player and that willingness and run defense I think a lot of teams will like I like him as a early day three guy yeah and with with Britt, Taylor Britt here. I I do want to point out that if you if you want to see him get a couple reps against tight ends, and it's Ohio State, so they don't throw to him often, but he did get a couple reps on the outside though, where Ohio State split out. It was uh Ruckert. Yeah, it was Ruckert. Don't remember if it was 88 or 89, but yeah, it was Ruckert. Uh split out wide and he was covering him for a couple snaps there and looked all right like you said when you play against tight ends you don't need as much hit fluidity so that that would be something to watch to see if they go up against and in the big 10 it's tough because you know a lot more compact and a lot of teams want to be a power-based just run heavy team so you're not getting big big 10 offenses are terrible to watch because yeah, it's either it's either Wisconsin, 
you know, Michigan state that just runs it up the middle all the time, or it's Penn state that just does like weird QB draw RPO stuff. And it's like, okay, none of these reps are valid for defensive backs to watch. It's so annoying. Yeah. And so hopefully with, I didn't get to catch the Oklahoma game. Hopefully he got some good reps there, but, uh, yeah, and for for a comparable guy when I watched him, actually, as a Florida fan, this is someone that popped out as a comparison, and it's actually a guy in this draft class, Trey Dean. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I think they're fairly similar players. And- not, having, not having watched Trey Dean but read a little bit about him, I would think that Dean is just a significantly better athlete in terms of explosiveness, change of direction, and – other than that, pretty similar. Would that be inaccurate? I would, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's not like a huge athleticism gap though. It's a mm-hmm. slight one, but okay. I, I wouldn't consider it a huge gap. He, where, where you see it more is he is a little bit more fluid and a little bit more down in his back pedal is really where the big differences are. And then at the catch point, he can jump higher and is a bit stronger. Like that's really where you're looking at athletically difference wise i think they're fairly similar players and trey dean is playing actual safety he has in the past played outside corner and that star position but is this year playing actually at strong safety nice okay yeah that, that makes sense yeah and so next we'll go to taiwan mullen from indiana number three for the hoosiers 510 180 and for me, my best trait for him was his his ability to close on the ball. I really liked him in those shorter zones, being able to go up and close when you had a lot of throws to the flat. I thought that mm-hmm. was where he was at his best. And when you look at transi- transitioning to the NFL, where that really looks to be a positive is in a cover two scheme where he can go to like in Indianapolis or Houston. It runs a and Houston has run now. Should they? No, but Houston has run like seventy five percent cover two this year. Apparently, oddly enough, Atlanta's running a lot of Tampa two as well, which is very strange. Yeah, with Dean Pease, I don't necessarily. Yeah, that doesn't back make that. sense. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, this guy is this is what I thought Raleigh Tejada was gonna be. So you know, five ten one eighty. Obviously, this guy's gonna could probably convert to slot. Uh, cause he's probably five, nine, one eighty one seventy five five to guess. Uh, but I, I liked him a, de- a decent bit. And, you know, this is another legacy guy or a bloodlines guys, Taewon Mullen or Trayvon Mullen is his brother is a cornerback for the Raiders. And he's actually cousins with Lamar Jackson. Um, but so this, this guy's interesting. Uh, he plays mostly wide corner, but they do move him around into in the slot a bit, mostly for matchup purposes. And like, like you said, like he's really good in those short flat zones from off alignments. Um, he's a good, he's a smart tackler. And I say that he's not necessarily a, a great tackler, but he knows how to tackle given his size and that he's just diving people's legs, but he times it well. So it's effective. Um, I thought the transitions were a little clunky. I think he plays a little flat footed too much. I think he needs to play on the, on his, on the balls of his feet or his toes a little more. I think that'll make him a little quicker because he kind of gets frozen sometimes and his, or yes, like, start over his transition so i don't want that i like his ball skills a lot 
especially when he's coming downhill. There were some really nice plays, especially in the Michigan State game. I think he had back-to-back interceptions, which were um, one was – the second one was like a really nice trigger downhill, pick the ball while running towards it. The other one I think was more of a tracking downfield, but two really nice ball skills plays. So I I like that from him. And, yeah, I think, like you said, cover two zone most likely fits in the slot. And he has some reps where he can blitz from the slot and even blitz from outside corner. But I think if you can use him that way from the slot, he's going to be a pretty effective player. Yeah, I believe that one the one pick was where he came off of a post to a wheel. Am I? That's what it was. That was a nice, that was a really nice play where he, I think it was, yeah, that was a really nice play. I like that zone awareness a lot. Yeah. It it really was a very impressive interception. And, you know, if, if he wanted made that play and gotten to that ball, I think that ball that was going for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And I, I would agree with you in terms of what his worst trade is, his transitions, but I do think his improvement, you did me, you did mention his tackling. I do want to see him. He, he had, a, he had like three or four times on film where he was getting hurdled because of he's just diving, which like for a guy, his size, it's not like the worst thing in the world to be diving at people's feet, but you know, bring up your tackling a little bit, get a little bit more form. You do want to be low just because of physics with being that size. I mean, I think he just does it because he doesn't want to get trucked. And he's like, this, this can, you know, save me from that. Whereas I'd rather get hurdled than trucked as a little guy. (laughs) Yeah. But I, overall, I didn't think he was that bad. And when we go in the draft range, like turn a third, fourth round is where I would draft him. Yeah, I think, you know, again, this we had this discussion last week and that, you know, slot guys are usually a little devalued. And so I think probably back end of round three, early round four for a team that I think I, I feel like if you, in those schemes, he could probably be a early starter if you don't have an established slot corner. You know, he's a guy that I mean, obviously, has this NFL bloodline. So he's a guy that I think will be ready to uh, contribute pretty quickly. Yeah, and like like we said, with teams that fit, you you look at Houston, their depth chart at corner sucks. Like they're starting <laughs> Terrence Mitchell, who's like a solid corner three, corner four type. He's like their number one guy. Yeah, not so, not ideal. <laughs> yeah, so like teams like that, and Indy, we talk about all we talked about before how they're starting just tiny dudes out there at the I mean, corner. Yeah, position. I mean, except from Xavier Rhodes, yeah, they got, I mean, Kenny Moore's great, and then their other corner, I'm not, they've rotated like that corner too for them is in, always in flux. I'm not sure who's playing out there, but yeah, they're able to get away with playing some smaller guys. Yeah, so next up, we do go back to that six foot 200-ish range with Tariq Castro-Fields listed at six foot 197 from Penn State. Another corner wearing number five, love to see it. Everybody this this week is single digits, which is ideal for a mm-hmm. corner in college. And so with Tariq Castro Fields, he's been there for a while, been a starter for a while. So what what did you think his best trait was? This is a pure zone, ideally off zone corner. I did not, I'll start with what I didn't like. I did not like his ability to play on the line of scrimmage, especially in press. He gets beat by releases a lot he doesn't really know how to deal with them he doesn't really know how to use his hands as a press corner and he's slow to react and then catch up with the receiver once they beat him off the line with that being said he does have speed to carry receivers vertically which i do like and he's very good when he's an off cover he's got good footwork and change of direction 
and he transitions very well in those uh, specific areas. And then in zone coverage, he's got very good instincts, mental processing. He's able to dissect routes, understand that. He's also another guy that you can move around a little bit. He can play in the slot against tight ends. I think he did that. Like you said, with uh, Taylor Britt, he did that against Ohio State when they had Ruckert and uh, the other guy, Luke Farrell, I think. But he's, he was more of an inline guy. But anyways, um, but it's another guy where ball skills are better where you can look at the ball or when he's running across the field. Still, I think that was his worst trait is he just doesn't really know how to make plays in the ball regardless. Um, and for his improvement, yeah, I would like to see him be better at press. You know, that's some guys, that's just not their thing. So if he can't improve that, just his, I think he's a little handsy when he's carrying vertically, like he panics a little bit and tries to contact the receiver. And so maybe we can just clean that up. He can be a pretty effective corner. Yeah. And for, for me, I just put down for his best trait, general athleticism. I do think mm-hmm. his hip, hip fluidity is solid. I don't think he's an elite athlete, but I think he has, good speed, good fluidity, just overall good at every part of what you need athletically as a corner. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bundle it all into that general athleticism trait. And then his worst trait for me was playing through the catch point. I don't think yeah. he was very physical there. And a lot of times they even get his head around to even play the ball. And I thought he, I thought his angles in terms of run support could approve. Yes, I would agree with that. I thought he, I thought he was a decent tackler, not as good as Britt, um, but he was, he was better than some of the big 12 guys we watched. Yeah. Yeah. He he's willing. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of how well can he actually get there? Mm-hmm. And if he gets there, he he's willing to make the play and is able to make the play. It's just, you know, with his, with the angles he takes, he doesn't always get there. Yeah. So that where do you see him getting drafted i think this is another early these are all this we really keep on theme this is another early day three guy like you said the athleticism is good it's not great he's not super elite at really anything uh if you're a press man team kind of like the dolphins or even really the patriots you know this isn't really your guy if you're a more zone team specifically like deeper zones, like a, like a Seattle cover three, you will like this guy. And so there's a good mix of those teams. So I think this is a round four guy, maybe round five. If you know, the athletic, if, if he has bad testing numbers, which is possible. Um, but you know, he's a smart player. He's paddle has a lot of experience. He's going to be an older player. So some teams might not like that. Some might like it. He could probably, again, another guy that could probably can contribute on special teams pretty early on. Um, but definitely not a guy you want starting day one at outside corner in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I just did remember a good point that Kyle Krabs at the Draft Network brought up. Uh, he was talking about him, actually, and discussed how he just hasn't really improved when you brought up him being an older player, how he just hasn't really greatly improved at all throughout his entire time at Penn State, which is very disappointing because you heard the talk early on about him being one of the guys coming up just because when he was not draft eligible, he was playing pretty close to this level mm-hmm. and just hasn't really gotten a whole lot better. But for me, I would say, obviously, it's hard to put Cameron Taylor Britt in the consideration of these other four guys, uh, other three guys. But I would say for me, Tariq Castro Fields is probably the lowest guy for me, it's mm. 
And that's a mid day three guy, like fifth round. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's... sixth. But I, I do think as a special teams contributor, he's going to be pretty good. I just don't really see the I don't necessarily see starter upside. I think he's going to be a rotation guy at best and then just try to contribute on special teams. Yeah, because typically even in the fourth round, teams kind of want to take swings on guys who have more upside. Once you get into the fifth, then you kind of start seeing those maybe older players who were consistently good, but, you know, have athletic limitations or something else. And that's kind of where they start to get taken. So I think you're definitely still accurate in that. Um, projection I, I just still just i like him a little more but i think that's mostly just in terms of being a scheme specific player and if if there's a like we said kind of the other week like if there's a team that plays that scheme and they just really need a guy there and they like him a lot then he can go a little earlier but yeah i think in that early midday three range is perfect for him yeah and that leaves seven banks from ohio state last up number seven for the buckeyes Obviously, great marketing for him there. Um, 6'1", 200 pounds. And uh, so Seven Banks has not played a whole lot to start this year. Um, It's been a fairly disappointing season for him. Didn't play at all in the first game. There was some stuff about that being injury-related. But then the second game, didn't, didn't play against Oregon much. And then... I still don't believe he played much against he did. Tulsa. He got he some did. snaps against he, Tulsa. He did get some snaps. I did not catch Tulsa because obviously Florida Bama was going on. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think it, it might have even been in like once the game got out of hand. Um, even, you know, if you could, if you want to make the argument, it got out of hand at any point. So I only played 25 snaps, didn't start. So, okay. And yeah, typically, from what I've seen, plays on the right-hand side of the defense, so left-hand side of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your what What do you think's his best trait? Uh, uh, I I originally said zone instincts and mental processing, but I know that's your worst trait. A bit of a spoiler. I I don't know. I I thought he was able to kind of decipher routes when he was in like a deep third and figure stuff out, but I might just need to watch more film from that. Um, I don't know. I, I really did not like him very much. You know, this is a guy that some people were had him as mocked him as a first round pick, but I think that was a lot of helmet scouting for Ohio state defensive backs. Um, but I think unlike the other guys, I think his worst trade is his run defense and tackling dude just has, does not know where to go. Does not really know how to, or want to tackle. I think the biggest, I think the issue that for a lot of his problems comes down to footwork especially with the line of scrimmage. I think his feet are very heavy. I think his footwork is just sloppy. Like he doesn't know where his feet need to be going to maintain his coverage. And I think that if, you know, I don't, if you're, it's not Ohio state, I don't know where it would be. I mean, it's probably Jeff Halfley and he's Boston college now. So suck it. Um, but, you know, if they can get somebody that can fix his feet, that might be a big, uh, big catalyst for turning him into a better player. Yeah. I don't think Coombs is that guy to fix his feet. So, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with the zone instincts. I think if you can, like you said, he has footwork issues, but if you can fix his eyes in those deep zones, that was why I had as his worst trait was specifically his eyes in those deeper zones. I think if you can get the eyes down, I think he reacts 
fairly well if he's actually looking in the right place to be able to react. I, I just think it's a very inconsistent type of thing where like you you can see where where guys like him, like why why guys like him and it is that, but I just don't necessarily think he's consistent enough with where his eyes are to be that quality corner, especially in a very cover three heavy scheme like Ohio State. And for for me, his best trait, we we discussed pre-show a little bit about how best to word this, but uh, I, I think his ball skills running towards the ball and when in phase is his best trait. Really, when he gets on a player's hip and when they make the break and he can stay there, he plays the ball pretty well. And I I don't necessarily get I get what, like I said, I get why people liked him. I don't get why people liked him in the first round. And I, for, before I forget, my what to improve was tackling. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to improve that because I think it's pretty clear he doesn't really care about it. And that's kind of a big And factor. that might be one of the reasons why he isn't playing much. Exactly, exactly. So I, I think even if you didn't have these kind of, quote, attitude concerns, which I think are going to rear their head, uh, you say like you get why people like him i don't i don't really get why people like him i don't think he offers anything super unique that some of these i mean i think maybe he's a better athlete than some of these other corners we watch but i don't really see what likes him apart and makes i mean especially makes him more he's a first rounder i think for me i think he's another mid day three guy like He's gonna. I think he's in that Sean Wade area where Sean Wade actually got drafted, as opposed to people thought he would get drafted. So you know, I'm I'm not this. I'm not a big fan of this guy, especially given the fact that he's basically been benched this year. Yeah, and and I I think I'm a little bit higher here. I have him that same range as Taiwan Mullen, except for obviously completely different players. But I have him that third fourth turn, um, right right when you get around a hundred ish is where I really see him and it I just you know you get a good athletic build and there's a lot to work with and I think what I really look at is just the upside he possesses where I think with proper coaching he can he can improve as a cover three guy if you want him to and those schemes, or if you want to play a more man-heavy scheme, I think with proper coaching to improve his footwork, I think you can get him to be a starter. Starter, But I just, I, I struggle to see the high-end outcomes. Yeah, I completely agree. Like you said, there's a lot to work with. I think there's more to work on. Like there's, you're going to have to invest so much to get this guy to a point where he's going to be a consistent contributor or even a starter and it's again even without these attitude concerns i don't think teams are going to really want that and when you plug those in i think that's going to be a turnoff for a lot of teams if, if he even comes out this year i feel like given the fact that he's basically been benched he might try to come back i mean i think he's a junior am, am i wrong no he's yeah, a senior he well he has an extra year for yeah. covid so maybe he'll come back and i mean he might redshirt this year for all i know based on how his usage has been going early this season so 
I don't know. I mean, I don't, he probably, I may, maybe he'll play this week given that they're playing Akron and he can kind of maybe use that as a jumping off point. I know Ohio state's resting some of their starters, so maybe he'll get some playing time against one of the worst teams in college football. Come on now. Don't, don't do that to Akron. I oh like yeah. The Akron. team that gave up 60 to Bo Nix. <laughs> hey, at least they didn't give up 70. No, nobody puts, <laughs> nobody puts up 70 points on the Akron zips. Well, I'm sure some teams good. Somebody but, definitely has. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So when we talk about him and just his situation, I think it's go. I think he's going to have to transfer. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, Where's he? Because from from the Ohio State program, it seems like they do like. Is it Burke or Burks? I forget if there's an S on there. That new freshman corner they have they seem to like him obviously cam brown's there cam brown provides a lot of the same similar traits probably even better athlete and then doesn't have the off-field issues and the attitude issues Mm -hmm. so it seems like they're going to be sticking with those guys from all from the outside looking in so i don't and you know i don't seven can't really kick inside the nickel Mm -mm. so no I think his best opportunity to playing time is going to be to transfer. And with that extra year of eligibility, he can. So I don't know where to UCF UCF. He's from Orlando. Okay. They don't really, you know, it's Gus Malzahn now. They don't really necessarily care about attitude issues. So I think that's a perfect fit for him. Well, uh, see you next year at UCF seven. Um, (laughs) So these, yeah. so let's see, I, I think, so of the guys we've ranked, this would kind of be, a, like you said, kind of pre-show, these would be ahead of our big 12 guys, but behind the SEC and ACC players, maybe with the exception yeah. of Damari Mathis, who probably fit in that range where we had Cam Taylor, Britt, and Tariq Castro Fields. Yeah, and I think that a lot of, I think personally for me, obviously I had, Williams and Mathis right there together and I think that you can throw in like I I think I would have Mullen and Banks like slightly like right there yeah I'd probably have I'd probably have Mullen there too just because it's it's weird because like we said like he's a nickel or he's gonna be a slot player so it's like you might rank him highly because he's a really good player but just he will go lower because teams won't value as highly but I mean and I again you know like you said if it's a cover two scheme and you're fine with him playing outside he can do that for you yeah, and then when we throw in three Castro Fields, I think he's definitely above Tejada, and then right, right there with Daniels. I'd probably, I'd probably. I mean, he's he had a, he missed most of um twenty twenty with an injury, so but he hasn't had those nagging injuries like Daniels has had. So I think I'd probably take Castro Fields above Daniels, but yeah, definitely no uh no early guys in this group. Yeah, but that leaves the Pac twelve where it looks like we have a shot at some early guys so really excited to get to dig into those guys and we will be back then let's get fired up